Welcome to Noah Kagan Presents. What up, everyone? It's your boy, Rhino, a.k.a. Rabbi Can't Lose, a.k.a. Noah Kagan. This is the part two episode series with Neville, the Uber driver, Medora, and he is one of my best and closest friends, so I'm super excited to share his story with you. In part one episode, you guys can go check it out if you haven't heard it yet, Neville and I discuss why copywriting is so important. So think about this. This episode was called Behind the Scenes of a Six-Figure Online Business. If it was called A Jew and a Brown Guy Chatting, no one would have cared. (laughs) Maybe you would have, but copy is just so important, and I'm so glad that we talked about that. We talked about how he wrote AppSumo's first $10,000 email and how one blog post made him $1,000 and more. In part two, now we go over the exact details of how he took that one blog post and turned it into a six-figure copywriting empire. We also talk about how Neville and I almost broke up, how he dealt with working alone. I know there's a bunch of solopreneurs listening, so how did he deal with it? How did your significant other impact your success? Neville talks about his kind of cray-cray ex-girlfriend why Tim Ferriss wouldn't let me sleep on his couch, and why Neville watched Talking Funny 40 plus times. It's a really fun episode. Enjoy. I guess I'm curious, like, how does other people recognize that moment that something special happens? Because I think you could have launched that and been like, okay, cool, I'm going to keep doing my e-commerce. Right? Like, they, 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 something different happens than what they're used to. I mean, I put out a blog post, which I've been doing for free forever, and I made a thousand bucks. I was like, I'm pretty happy with that. <laughs> You're like, let me do more of that. And then you eventually, so then you're like, let me create more of these products or what, what was your logic after that? Yeah. So, so then I started selling that more and then we, uh, we put it on AppSumo and remember it had that whole like Tim Ferriss kind of debacle and stuff like that. Oh, oh because he had the word muse or something? No, like because there was someone else. So the person who uploaded it, uh, made a thing that says like Tim Ferriss's muse or something like that. Oh yeah. And there was a, like, you had to like go personally apologize to him and stuff. Like I there was like this big debacle with that, but we sold a ton of these products on, uh, I'm looking at the on- first sale. Yeah. The oh. first sale, uh, when was it? $14,131. Nice. He sold 663 of them. And I think our deal was like, I got 45 or 55% at the time. Right. It was, it was wrong. It was, yeah. Uh, we got, we got screwed. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this you were making June, like no money. <laughs> June 20. I actually was really jealous for a while. You know, that, I know. Right? Yeah. We went through the whole thing about it. Yeah. We should, we, we can talk about that. I think yeah. that's a good point. I've, it's interesting it's like, to talk about how we like got through that. Not right the second, but we can come to the discussion. Yeah, it was fun. Like a Jew and an Indian haggling stuff oh, out. It's kind yeah. of fun. It's like a yeah. nuclear holocaust. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was June 28th, 2011. So I mean, you started oh, nice. it and we tried it on AppSumo. I mean, I think there's probably like a few interesting lessons there, which is like one, if you're explaining something over and over and over, mm-hmm. maybe record it on video. Yeah. Right. That's what you did. You're like, well, let me just make a video. I'll make it higher quality and actually sell it to people. I think what's even more important is that you already have like, oh God, I'm going to say it, a tribe um, you already have an audience, right? So remember back in the day, like when ha- people had like blogs, they did it for altruistic reasons. Now everyone puts up a blog and it's like, learn the 10 best copywriting hacks. Thing. It's like, have you ever written anything? Like, what are you talking about? It just used to be a personal blog and they'd have followers, like, you know, 300 followers or something. So I always say like, it's like, there's a quote that says community before product. If you already have a community, there's going to be a contingency of people who will just buy whatever you put out right? It's just like a built-in audience. Whereas I think most people start without an audience, like I'm going to make a digital product and a mastermind group. It's like, who's following you for this? And it's, it's real hard to do it with like paid traffic and stuff, unless you really, really know what you're doing. How do you build that community? I was putting stuff out just like you were for years and years and years. And so a lot of people followed me. I had a, I had a financial blog that I spent a lot of time doing for free for 
years before I made a cent off of it. So I do think there's something there about like life hacking and shortcuts, but I think a lot of the lessons that I keep thinking and hearing over and over from a lot of successful people and just from a lot of the stories of people I'm, I'm interested in, it's like, it takes time mm -hmm. and it's work. When did you start your blog? 2000. Have you ever made a dollar off OK Dork yet? Not directly. Exactly. No, I did Google AdSense. I made like $30 in a year. Yeah, but that's it. Like you haven't like sold a product through OK Door. No, I haven't. Or anything like that. It, I still give out, it, you know, you put out a blog and people like criticize it. I'm like, it's free. Like you realize <laughs> it took me like a month, like Brandon, the video editor gets paid. Like the writer yeah, you're gets doing paid. this right this time. I, I you're like spending it. a lot of money, a lot of time. Uh, and like, you can obviously be doing other things and like you're putting it out for free. And then people are like, well, how do you sell a product? It's like, dude, you've put in so much work already. Like, of course you'll be able to sell something. So I think that that's actually, I love that. But you did plus one me and that was a good plus one. Like that was a did I plus one. Yeah. Cause I said one thing and you're like, oh, I got a better one. See what I did. I was like, did I even plus one? That plus, <laughs> plus two <laughs> right there. You plus one. By <laughs> uh, the other thing I think that's, a, it's not a plus one. It's a plus zero. Cause it wasn't as good as this plus one. Uh, but number one, so notice when something special happens, which is what you did Two, record your knowledge, which is what you did. Three, build if your audience ahead of time. What's that? I think if people yeah, ask. people are asking, good caveat, caveat. Three, like build your audience ahead of time, right? And then four, it is kind of helpful that like you were able to springboard off someone else's platform, mm -hmm. right? Like we were able to work well, together. Super. Yeah, of course. So I think that's kind of an important thing of like, even before you make your product or the things you're thinking of, is like, are there partners you can start building relationships with? Fortunately- no, I, I, had, I had the NevBlog audience, but then obviously the AppSumo audience was a buying audience and just far, far larger, of course. So being able to like run all my stuff on that, like was awesome, of course. So what you're saying is you really needed me. <laughs> Trump card. <laughs> you played a huge part in, it, of course. No, no, I, I, I'm teasing about that. I, no, no, no. I'm, I'm no, just saying it, like, it is true. It is true. Of course. We can. Thank you. We uh, talked about this a trillion times. Puerto Rico trip. Thank yeah. you. All expenses paid. <laughs> Neville, thank you. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so the yeah, so all those things are really important, right? For like you that, and then you basically what's interesting is then you went and I was I encouraged it. We went on like this rampage. Whereas like Neville, digital products, we make all these margins on them. You can, you're very talented at it. You have a special skill around putting it together in a fun way to learn. Thank you. And I think that's actually a, a side thought where one of the things that you've kind of educated me on is number one, if people are having fun, it's easier to learn. Mm -hmm. And I think you've really kind of like, I've, I've thought about that where like if I, if well, I'm technically having, fear also. Do you, ever, you don't use that, do you? I don't use that. Okay. Oh, you think if people are afraid, they're going to learn something? I think that's just how the mind works. You're either afraid or happy, you'll learn better. Wow, that, I feel like people should be using more condoms then. <laughs> like, I'm Wait, afraid. I'm, I was just thinking about condoms. That was my first thought. Like, oh, if I'm afraid of having a baby, I'll use a condom, but I don't always use a condom. That was the dumbest analogy I've really ever heard. Really? think it's bad? Yeah, that was just bad. Bad? Uh, Verdict? I didn't even get it. I liked it. <laughs> because people are afraid of having kids or getting an STD. Move on. All right. All right. Well, can, so one, if people are having fun, it's easier to learn. And then we went on this ramp. Well, we went on this rampage where you just started making course after course after course because that was like your special talent. Yeah. Um, Eventually, like, and then we did the diet one, which sucked, right? Yeah, it sucked, yeah. That was the customers weren't asking. And then we did extension ones, right? So what was that? It was like, we did Sumo Business Blueprint, and then you did Sumo Business Blueprint Live. Two, yeah. We're, like, that, that video was good, though. If you look up Sumo Business Blueprint 2 and watch the first, like, minute of that video, that was, like, that was a kick-ass video. That was a really fun video. Yeah, and then it goes into a sales pitch. You don't have to watch all that. But uh, that was a fun video about entrepreneurship and stuff like that. Um, and then we also produced a bunch, like with Michael Ellsberg and all that kind of stuff. Um, helped produce a bunch. You and Andrew made a ton. Like, so we made a lot of digital courses. I think it was also at a time when there weren't as many digital courses around. There wasn't any. There was no, there's no like Udemy's or Teachables or any of these platforms. Udemy was just getting started and not There was nowhere. Anything. I mean, we put them on the map. Exactly. Yeah. Right? All the top ones were just AppSumo deals. Exactly. Yeah. And now they're just like, it's a, they're like the Kmart for learning. 
<laughs> it's like it's like all these garbage and like one or I two. I actually days. like it. I, I buy Udemy courses sometimes. There's a lot of free ones just to get like a little bit something. They're so cheap. But like if you're an instructor on there, you're gonna get fucked. Hun, that's well, let's come back to you getting coached and like what kind of courses you buy and so forth. But you made all these courses, like what happened like what was the evolution? So eventually did you just keep doing them forever? We just uh, I think for a couple of years we did them. And I think 2013 it started slowing down. It, just, we, it was hard to find other courses to make over and over and over. I think that was a thing. You kind of reach like course bedrock where you like, you hit the bottom of the barrel almost. It's just like, how many courses can you sell? And um, I think that's when like the copyright, the copywriting course came out and that did really well. And that one kept selling and selling and selling. So I was like, eventually like, maybe that's the horse to ride for the moment. Yeah. And so how did you transition out of AppSumo to the copywriting? thing? Cause I think we, we, that was a big thing for both of us to, yeah. to talk about that. Yeah. So um, do you remember it? I remember. I'm curious how you remember it versus me. I remember 2013, I was in a bad relationship. Um, you were kind of going on your like, I don't know, like lost wife person. Yeah, like going to India and wearing baggy pants like Aladdin shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, you were doing that that thing. Head nodding. And then um, and then you were kind of transitioning a little bit out of AppSumo. And there was there was all these different directions it was going in. And, I didn't and like- we were uncertain. Do you remember? Oh, in New yeah. York, you like... Uh, I think there was an interesting thing in life where I didn't know what I wanted to do, which is, it happens all the time for me and for everyone. And then you like gave me a, you wrote on a napkin at that bagel place in New York. And you're like, the, 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 it was, it was not a napkin. It was a sugar packet, a Splenda. And I have it framed at my place. There was that. And yeah. you wrote like what we should do with AppSumo too. Yeah. The, the Christmas tree. The Christmas tree. The Christmas tree. Yeah. You were like, here's what you should do with AppSumo. And I was so uncertain what to do. I just wanted someone to tell me. So like you gave me that, we hired the $20,000 business coach to tell me what to do. <laughs> I mean, he took the money and ran. Yeah. Well, so then I, I mean, and so I still made money from AppSumo for like quite a while after that, just cause like the deals and all that kind of stuff. I still make some. Yeah. When I see checks to get sent yeah, out to I, you, I'm, I'm like, like free money. nice. So, uh, and I don't have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and equity. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, that came out pretty good. Um, now I look back at it. <laughs> yeah, you made all these margins. I had to do all this work. And then- now you're finally making a lot of money though. I've seen like the big transition be- because before, I mean, really credit to you, like you really didn't take any money. Like you were making like- I made 40,000 a year. Yeah. Like a lot of people think that like you're going to go make, I, and that's why I never took equity out of the company. I don't think it was like to the last like two years I've seen, two, three maybe. But like the company is really making more making- money too. Yeah. And I've started paying myself market rate. That's the way I look at it. Like I've worked many years to build a company. I want myself to get paid well and I want everyone who works there to get so paid 45, well. So 45,000 now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got a new Kia. It's great. <laughs> no, but I, so I think that the discussion for, for anyone who's out there, uh, you know, is hard decisions and hard discussions. So we had a hard discussion about the margins you were getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can talk about it for a second. Like I was jealous because like I'm doing all this work. I have all, had to hire all these people. I've had to sweat all this and you've done your work, but you made the product based on even some of my ideas. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of walked away and we're like, all right, cool. Let me just get my checks for a month. And I remember, how do you, how do you remember how we worked through that? Cause I think that's an interesting point of like- We yell at each other a lot. But I think it was also, it's also like bro yelling. It's kind of like how guys, I feel like guys and, and even in India, how it happens. It's like you yell, 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 yell. And then you're like, ah, and then you're still friends. Like you still have that base level of respect and friendship. But it was, it was, it was tense while we were arguing it out. I remember that. You know, one thing I remember I, going on walks around Freebirds. Remember in the parking lot? I yeah. remember that one. Yeah. I think about this more recently with uh, one of my buddies made out with a girl I was dating. Uh, this is a while ago. Uh, and then recently I had an argument with Andrew Chen and I had this kind of realization where I'm like, do I want to be friends with them in five years? Right. And that's what I asked myself. I'm like, in five years, do I actually want to be this friend? I'm like, yes. I'm like, all right, go, go resolve it. 
right? And that kind of helps me make it easier that I'm like, I want to keep this relationship. This is important. For other people who don't, I'm like, no, I don't. I don't think we ever stopped being friends though. No, but I think oh. knowing that, that I wanted that, even with you, I was like, I want to be friends with him in the future. Yeah. Made me be like, all right, how do we get to a number that you were happy with and I didn't feel like, and I was happy with too. I also think going to India all the time and seeing negotiations all the time and seeing people yell at each other, but without any chance of a physical altercation, which mm. I think is like over here, you see people yelling. It's like, they're going to the fight. fight. Yeah. Over there, it's like a lot of parts of the world, they can yell, 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 and no one's going to throw blows. Um, so I always thought that like, yeah, you can yell and it's okay. Like, it's not that bad. Did I ever tell you I got like the, my Indian story about getting yelled at? No. I took a cab. I think it was in, like Rajasthan or somewhere up north. Uh, and so I, the guy like asked for money. And I was like, dude, I paid you the money that we already agreed on. And I was like, I'm not paying you. Like, come and get it. And, like, I already paid you whatever, like two rupees. Rupu, what do you call them? Rupees. Rupees. It's like whatever, like a quarter. <laughs> and anyways, so, like he gets in my, so like we, he, I get out of the car and I start walking and he gets in my face. And then I don't know Indian culture whatsoever. So I get in his face thinking American style, he's going to back up because I was a little larger than him. And then he stays in my face. And I was just like, what, the, what is he doing? <laughs> then a group of Indian people surround me, right? Getting in my face. Like all of them are surrounding. And I was just like, like, what the fuck is happening? I just didn't want to pay the rupees, right? <laughs> I didn't think, uh, but long story short, the, the bigger thing that was present, eventually I just walked away and they, they left me alone. But it was interesting to understand, notice different cultures. I never really realized that with the Indians, it's like a very common thing without uh, adversity, without like having to have a fight. Yeah, it's not like something that happens in my family, but I definitely noticed in India that it happens a lot. Like, blah, 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 and like they'll yell at waiters and stuff. And that's like kind of okay. And it's like, it's kind of weird. But so the bigger thing in terms of the ending of 2013 and you moving to copywriting course and creating your own thing, uh, there's a few major points. I think one, you had an issue. Do I create a personal brand or do I create a company? It's a huge issue. Which I actually is a common question. I get that pretty often. Like, hey, did you, well, I don't get it. So you do OK Dork, but then there's Sumo. Like, what's the difference? Yeah. Uh, so that was one thing I think we should talk about. And second thing, I do recall, I thought for our business and other business out there, it was like the company has to be about a company, not about a person. Right. Mm -hmm. So we couldn't be the Neville show. And I remember we had this discussion. I thought that this is the way I remember yeah. in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, it can't be the Neville show. And it's not even the Noah show, it's the sumo show, mm -hmm. right? And that's why I think we agreed that like, hey, you need to go out and like have your own show. Yeah. Right, because it would never be with us. And I think that's a hard thing for people. I also think like there's there's like a thing of like, there's certain people that like, there's a, there's a, an amount of ego involved. And like with my ego and your ego, we're good friends, but it's like, there is going to be some butting of heads on that stuff. I think this is going to how, how it's going to be sometimes. I'm thinking about Tim Ferriss. I ever tell you like a oh. long time ago in 2004, when we first met or 2007, I was sleeping on couches. So I called up my friend and I called up Tim. This is before he was really famous. And I was like, uh, you know, hey man, I'm sleeping on couches. Can I, can I come sleep on your couch? And everyone said yes, right? Tim was the first one I believe who's like, no. I was like, what do you mean no? He's like, bro, you can't have two alpha dogs in the same house. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, that's a really great point. That's really good. Did something like, similar happen to you with Facebook though? Like, like you were running OK Dork and Zuckerberg was just like, dude, is it going to be like the fucking Noah show or are you going to be all in on Facebook? And you were like, yeah, he actually sat me down and I, I think he made the right call. Like we had Matt at Sumo who wanted to be the Matt show. Yeah. Right. And same thing with Facebook. Mark was like, well, do you want to be about, are you about Facebook, which is Mark and Facebook mm -hmm. or do you want Noah? And I, at that age of 25 or whatever, four, I was like, Noah. Uh, in retrospect, yeah, it's it's about the company, right? And the more you made that company known, the more I would have been known. But you have like the character and the personality and the ability to have your own show. I had all the tools to make it happen on my own for sure. Yeah. yeah I think AppSumo was, of course, like a huge accelerator and still is to this day. But like, um, yeah, I could I could actually do it. What did you do when we kicked you out of the, like? It's like you're like a little bird. Like we were like feeding you mouth. Was like, I kicked out? I kicked out. Look at the little birdie. It was like a transition. <laughs> I remember the transition. I remember. I don't, was I kicked out? 
I mean, I don't know. It's like road rules or something. I, I remember. Know. Here's the way. Here's the way I remember. It. Here's the way I remember. It. This is like go to all the stuff. No, I think this is healthy. Yeah, I think like, other people are interested. No, no, it was. It was when the company started. Uh, like it was like Chad, Eric. Well, Anton. after we let go of everyone. Yeah, after you let go, it was a really small team, and I would still use the office as my own little fucking personal playground. Right, I would bring people there. I would kind of like go in and film, and it was really weird to the cohesiveness of the team. And it was weird after a while where Neville can, for some reason, just come in and go out, but everyone else is expected to stay till five, seven, yeah. And that was like a weird feeling. And so I started, um, and we, we talked about it multiple times. It's kind of like, look, if you're going to stay all day, like that's cool. You can work here, but it's like, it, it's just weird when other people just have to stay and you just get to go do whatever the fuck you want. Like, it's just not cool. And so I stopped working at the, the office less and less and less. And then when the, mo- the office moved, um, I didn't want to go on the other side of the freeway, so I just stopped, <laughs> I just stopped going as much. What? How were you feeling? Did you feel like alone? Not really. I don't think so. There was like a, there wasn't much like animosity because we hung out all the time. We were still like best friends. Like it was just kind of like, it just was what it was. Also 2013, bad relationship was taking up a lot of my effort, uh, um, mental state. So that was like, that was just like part of it. Neville, what's your Indian name? Neville. <laughs> so neville neville medora uh you said you, you broke up with a girl thing can you give me the quick on like what, what how do these women relate to business <laughs> so i i've never been in, in a bad relationship prior to that most of my friends that i talked to i've talked to steve about this you about this ad nauseum at that time and i was just kind of like have you ever dated someone who's you think it might be crazy? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, like in high school or college, it was like, you know, a long time ago. And I never dated anyone like that. And so in 2013, I was dating someone, um, which I traditionally don't talk about like live, but I'll just like keep it vague. And it w- it took up a lot of my mental energy. And you got to hear about it all the time. All the time. You got to see about it. And previous to that, I had seen you with like a girl that was kind of like crazy. Similar. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that that really distracted me from work when all day you're worried about something happening or someone's mad at you. It just like takes up all your brain cycles and it's real hard to focus. And also it's like, uh, I feel like a lot of the writing I do is kind of like funny and enjoyable. It's helpful if you're in a funny and enjoyable state. And if you're just sad all the time, it's kind of like kind of hard. Yeah. So that kind of sucked. So what were the lessons there? I think there's always less. There's I, You can make a lesson out of go to McDonald's. I mean, I, it sounds like the two things, like number one, like look for people who like how they change your energy. Like what were the lessons that you took away? Yeah, it's, it's like really obvious stuff now that you're out of the box, right? And then after I did that, I saw one of my really close friends go through that also. And I was like, how can you not see this? But he's just in the box. I think the thing is like, yeah, look how you, they interact with your friends. I think that's pretty important. And also it's like, do they make you get more stuff done and encourage you, not like discourage you at every step? It's not like really good advice, but. No, I think that's really important. Right. That's actually why I want to bring it up because I think a lot of people have either business partners or significant others. It gives me a real good perspective on like how much better some people are though. Like I, n- I never, I never had like the crazy thing. So I never even knew that that was a thing. And then once I did, I was like, oh, oh that's yeah, crazy. I feel but like you, I when you're in world. it, it's hard when you're in the fishbowl. It's really hard. Yeah. So I think two things is that like, number one, when, like when I do my shows, I actually have to notice if I'm in a good mood. Cause if I'm not in a good mood, it's kind of, you ever seen like water for chocolate? It's no. this like Latin movie where they make cake and then they cry in the cake and then everyone cries when they eat the cake. <laughs> it's actually a pretty good movie. It's a rom-com. But it's kind of the same thing. Like if you're in a great mood, like the audience up in their earlobes or on video will be like, man, they were having fun. I'm having fun. Well, unless you're trying to talk about a serious subject, then, then if you're you be somber serious. and sad, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Good point. And then secondly, I just think I'm going to repeat it because it's so important. Is just like recognizing how people affect your energy. Like I always am in a great mood when I hang out with you. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? And then it's like other people, I'm like, wow, this I feel same or I feel worse from being around you. So being able to change that or being aware of that, I think is really important. Yeah, some people, you're, you're getting a lot better at it. You used to be really bad at it. About what? You were like annoyingly bad at it. About which part? There's a lot of about things. Like, so, so one of the things like, I, we talked about this on another one, but like you would like invite people over to stay at your place. Be like, yeah, stay for like seven days. And people are like, are you sure? Because that's a long time. And then you'd like get tired of them after the first day. And then they'd feel weird and you'd feel weird. I'm like, why don't you just say, just stay one day? Yeah. And then now you're a lot more clear about it. You're a lot more clear about it. I yeah. think it saves everyone a lot of energy. It's, it's one of these things where, what happened? I even wrote it on my board. Oh, I wrote it on my board. You can see. So everything that kind of bad happens, I write down so I can learn from it. So one of them was choose you. And so I. Isn't that a James Altucher book? I don't know. <laughs> you can't own words like the word you, right? Unless you're like an Asian kid. That's your last name, like Daniel. <laughs> that's pretty funny. But uh, that was not bad. So no, but like, like choose you. So like one of our friends came over and I was like, I don't want him here. And so I have on my board, choose you. So I literally am reminding myself daily, choose me, right? That I am important. Right. And it's good to say, like, I don't want this or not have to be around that kind of person. So You know, what's interesting. So South by Southwest is coming up. Big music festival. A ton of people come in town. It's real hard to meet with people. And I tell people that say like, hey, let's meet up at 3 p.m. on Monday. And I say, hey, I am like committed to meeting you as much as I can. But there is a 10 to 20 percent chance I will completely flake on you. Uh, just just understand that. Beforehand. I think that's great to say. And, and they're just like, you're just going to flake. So should I show up? I'm like, yes, show up for now. But I'm just telling you, like, there is a 10 to 20 percent chance I'm going to flake. And I'm just telling you beforehand because I don't want to do it and then like feel bad about it. I've been trying a new new tactic similar to that where I'm like, I people like South by a lot of people come to town. I don't really want to hang out or I just don't know if I'm going to be available. Yeah. So my new favorite one is like, hey, I'm not really planning. And Steve did this and I appreciated it. I was like, I'm not really planning anything. I'm not planning at all. I'm not scheduling anything. Text me the day of and we'll see. I'll see how I am. And that's actually like what Mark Andreessen does. And I, it's actually pretty nice. Play like, it by like, ear. Yeah. And, and certain things. So like, see, text me on SSF. I was like, dude, I've, I'm busy all day. I can't make this happen. But today I was like, text me when you land, come by and it worked. It's all about when expectations are met. They're, or expectations are set. Yes. Yes. So I said I might flake and I did. And like, that's part of it. That's just it's not really flaking is. if you said you're not going to flake. That's true. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, I, try, I really try my best to be punctual most of the time. But, um, but I'm also really, really careful about like my time. Cause I know I get annoyed with people real fast. Well, I think that's kind of an interesting point on creating products and in general is just like having, and this is one of the words that I'm just like, man, I wish more people could do this. And there's not like a course for it, but self-awareness. Right. And so you've been talking a lot today. You said like, I procrastinate a lot, or I can be lazy about things, or I, I'm very punctual. Uh, I notice like, I don't want to be around crazy women. Right. And so I think it's really interesting within different businesses, like Steve with his, uh, my wife quit her job or Brandon with his videos or me with myself. It's like, what are things I'm good at? How do I do more of that? What are things I need help with? I'm not good at that. What are things I need to avoid? And just really spending more time being self-aware and then really getting into that. Like I've just tried to spend more time being like, okay, I know the things I like to do. I love creating content. I love meeting interesting people. I love documenting it. I love marketing. So it's like, why don't I just go spend more time doing that stuff? And what do I hate? There's, I hate meetings right now. Maybe in five years, I'll be like, dude, I'm 40. It's time to have meetings now. Right? I can't wait. Right? I don't, and then I'll get really into meetings. But I think the biggest thing is like, be self-aware for your personal and professional life. And then like work toward, like um, cater around that, right? Like embrace that more. I think most people are like, yeah, I hate meetings. Let me just keep doing meetings. All right. Uh, I hate doing writing. So let me keep doing It's like, no, go find My consults are like that. That's why I just systematically eliminated everything I hated about consults. So what I hated was that people contacted me after the concert and say, hey, why don't you review the sales page? I'm like, go fuck yourself. There's like 10 pages here. I'm not going to spend all of my time doing this and write a doc for you. That's what the, the consult's for. And so I just made it very clear that like, you don't talk to me after this hour. That's just how it is. 
And and it is you either play by the rules or I send you an invoice. Like what, what else do you want? A few other things you've done in your consults, just related to that, is that you say, "Hey, I only do them Tuesday, Thursdays." So mm-hmm. like before, I remember this too. Just do them all. People would be like, "Hey, I want Wednesday at five. and you're like, "No." And so I think it's good you just said like these are the times that are available. I used to do it every day, and it made me crazy. And then why, and you why did you change it Tuesday, Thursdays? It was just too much because I had to be on every day, and there were some days when I just wanted a lot of inter- uninterrupted reading and writing time. That's why like Mondays and Tuesday, uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, et cetera, are just like just writing the whole day for the most part. I don't, I don't schedule meetings. I don't schedule calls or anything. I think that's an it interesting- It just makes me sane for me, maybe not everyone. One of the things you do for creativity that I, I don't think you get enough credit for and I think is really interesting is YouTube. And I know that sounds so stupid because we're like, yeah, we know YouTube, but I don't think people go to the level that I think you've gotten your PhD through YouTube. Yeah. Right. right. Like, so people go to college, like you went to UT, I went to Berkeley, a better school. And <laughs> not a joke there. Okay. Um, I guess it's not that much better anymore. So <laughs> my dad went there. So technically, yeah, technically you're from Berkeley, <laughs> you, but I, I think what you've done is that you, you know, everyone sh- should think about how do I continue my education? Like, I don't know why one, we stop education after school. It doesn't stop. Right. Yeah. That's what, why do we stop that? But two, I think what you've done is you're learning from unique places. Mm-hmm. Like some of your favorite things you write about or the things that you share with me, you're like, you know, Chris Rock says this about business. And I'm like, I would have never even thought about that. Or you like watch the Talking Funny episode and you talk- 40 me. times. Is yeah, that again? 40 to- I've watched it probably 40 plus times and taken notes. So that's why I remember it so well. Keep going. So why do you watch that 40 times? I just thought it was such a, one, it was entertaining too. It's like Chris Rock, Ricky Gervais, Louis C.K. and Jerry Seinfeld all talking together, which is just like awesome. And then they, it's just like these top comedians not trying to impress a crowd or anything. They're just with their peers. And it feels like I get to be a fly on the wall of these like guys I idolize. And it's just like, it's free on YouTube. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. And then Chris Rock drops some knowledge and I'm like, I don't want to forget that. I go to my iPad Pro or a notebook and write it down. And so that's why I remember some of those, those things and get so much out of it. I, re- I repeat watch and I take notes all the time. So can you repeat that? Cause I think that's so important. That's something I actually like now, uh, Gary Halbert letters, I literally bought last week. Cause I've like, man, what's stuff that's really changed my life a lot. I'm like the boron letters. When's the last time you read it? Five years ago. Oh yeah, I should just go back to what's already worked for me. And it might be different for you now. And maybe I'll learn something new. Or you might not even like it, who knows? But it's just worth having it. Um, But taking notes, like uh, Sam Altman does a lot of, um, the Y Combinator guy, there's a lot of videos now on YouTube and they're really good. Really? You know know I love tech stuff, everything, right? And so um, I get to feel like I'm in Silicon Valley, kind of like the A16Z podcast. And it's like, if I was at a conference, I'd be taking notes while these guys are talking. And I'm like, so I dedicate time. I put YouTube in full screen. Yeah, sometimes if they talk uh, really slow, I'll put it on like 1.5 or 2x speed. And then I take notes and I pause the thing. I take notes. So a 20 minute video might take me 45 minutes, but I feel like I'm not really procrastinating or wasting time. I'm getting like all this cool stuff out of it. There's really cool stuff in there. And it's like people just watch it passively and forget the next day. What's the point of that? I didn't realize they're making so many videos. They're putting out a lot and they're good, like real good. How'd you even find this? Because I watch a lot of YouTube and it just recommends stuff. And it knows what you like. Well, I also type in, sometimes I'll like go on a kick and be like Mark Andreessen and Mark Andreessen interview. And then I'll see some good channel and then sign up to a Pando Daily or whatever. And like all these I things. I think that's such a powerful thing that I just, that's the reason I'm highlighting it is that all the people that you admire are the ones you should be probably learning from, like how the hell they do it. And there are literally like tens of thousands of hours of them just explaining what they've done. So a Nev blog back in the day when I used to talk about stuff, I would always say like, you know, the quote, like you were the top average of the top five people you hang out out with. And the way I would get a broader scope of people back then was books. 
if I, if I read four Nikola Tesla books in a row and I was always talking about Nikola Tesla, that's an influence on my life. Now with YouTube, you can, if Mark Andreessen, the venture capitalist is like a hero of yours, you can watch a shit ton of Mark Andreessen YouTube videos for free anywhere for the phone on your AirPods, whatever, like anything. It's awesome. And like people just don't do it. They don't take the time to do it. No, I think that's one of the hugest things that uh, you've kind of like. You started doing it more now. I too. have. So yeah. I think one of the things that you that that's helped me for that is I commit time to it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the biggest things is one. I know you do it during breakfast or lunch. Lunch. You don't do breakfast. I, I like doing it when I eat. Yeah. Yeah. So when you eat, would you you're like, this is a fun habit. So like for me, my reading time is in the morning and then when I'm in bed. So I know I'm going to be reading. What I've done is that in mornings because I'm getting up at five and sometimes six. I'm, I have on my checklist like I had it this morning. Watch YouTube videos. So I watch the. Seinfeld co- in coffee and cars with Obama comedian cars getting coffee. Yeah. So good, right? Yeah. There's just good stuff in there. So it's like, Hey, you want to be a better interviewer? Go watch all of Howard Stern. Yeah. Right. Or whoever you admire their interviews. You want to be like a better speaker? Go watch Martin Luther King or go watch Jim Rohn. Or- and, and I go on like kicks of like uh, like Warren Buffett. I, I don't watch as much Warren Buffett, but like I went on like maybe like three months where I was watching every Warren Buffett video. I, I just was like, you know, I went to Berkeley and I was like, man, you, all you fools just like me spent 40 to 50,000 on you know, this is really expensive college, mm-hmm. right? You could literally have gotten the same amount of stuff for free in the past week, maybe month, just going on YouTube, right? And I think we're like, well, I got I paid all this book. I got to get that. There's literally the Berkeley classes are on YouTube for free. Really? Yeah. And, and iTunes U. I mean, that's kind of an interesting point then. Like, so why should someone pay for any of your stuff if I can get it all for free? Right. And then how does someone decide what, what, what should they get for free and what should they sell? Well, that's what a lot of the reason I'm moving to more towards the classes because you get a group of students. So here's the thing. Here's the three things I've identified and feel free to use this for your own business and steal this. I think it's really profound. I've talked to you about it. Like, I don't think a lot of people think it's profound. How come if you join a English 101 class in college, right? Your sophomore year, whatever. How come 95% of the people finish that? And when people buy the same class on Udemy, only 1% or less finish it. What, what's the difference, right? So I've identified three things. There's the financial pressure, but that, that's the least of it. Everyone pays for stuff. No big deal. They still don't do it. There's a financial pressure. Two, there's a social pressure. So your teachers, your TA, your students, your parents, your friends all expect you to finish that English 101 class. Or you get an F, which is socially viewed as bad, right? And an A is socially viewed as good. So you have that social pressure. Then the other thing you have is concrete deadlines. May 5th, number two pencil, bring a blue book, buy this book from that store, read this chapter in this edition of that book. And at 2 p.m., you're going to take a quiz about that chapter. Like how fucking concrete is that? And then there's also um, the, the tests are on certain days, certain rooms, you sit there. There's concrete deadlines, social pressure, and financial pressure. And a, a, what does an online course usually offer? Just financial pressure. That's it. There's no social. There's no concrete deadlines. They have a Facebook group. They have a Facebook. They group. don't that's do it. shit in. That's it. Well, that, I mean, that's a step in the right direction for social, but it's not. It's not as much. That's interesting. So the the classes I have for the autoresponder class, it has more like a sixty to eighty percent completion rate right away, and then there's some scragglers that finish it. But it goes from like one to five percent completion rate for just rote digital products to super high double digit. Interesting. High, yeah, and I think the next step is people more tightly integrating classes into their their online curriculums. So actual, and you can like, charge hangouts. more and you can charge more. That's really interesting. How did you, so it's funny. Cause I feel like there was no digital, then it became digital products. Like, you know, we put together WordPress sites, really shitty with some crap videos. And then it's evolved to like really premium, like businesses built around having online courses. Yeah. And so I, I think that's actually a really great point. Like, all right, well, what's the differentiator now when there's so much different, there's so many online courses now about the same topics. Uh-huh. Right. So I like your point where it's like actually in person online or offline 
to hold them accountable and create some of the best elements of the offline courses. Or also, the offline I think it's school. just like college and like which professor do you want? Remember, like rate my professor. What was it called? Yeah, rate, rate my professor. Yeah, rate my professor. You go on that to see which was the best professor that appealed to you, and it might be different people. Um, and so, like, I'm someone's professor, right? That's why people would pay for me because they like your. It, I think of it like restaurants is an analogy I always use. It's like some people like one Japanese restaurant, some people like another Japanese restaurant. It's just have people have different yeah. preferences, or maybe they would just want Chinese or Mexican. Who knows? Yeah. Um, who do you go and learn from? Right, like specifically around how to teach and and so forth. I come up with the, like that that theory. I'm actually very proud of, and I tell everyone like I came up with that myself. Do you, do you have a name for the theory? You need a name. No, I don't have a name. Gotta what, get a name. What's the? I'm name? not good at branding. Well, not that I'm not good. <laughs> the future of online learning. By I don't need to make some acronym or something like that. I'm sure someone will steal it Cock, and start using it. Curriculum online. Something. <laughs> Cock method. Classroom. <laughs> <laughs> Curriculum online classroom. Curriculum online classroom. The cock method. You gotta have the cock method. Yeah. K. What's K? Education. Cock, cock Copy. Yeah. Copy. There yeah. it is. Curriculum yeah, online classroom copy. Co the cock method. <laughs> Copyright Neville Medora. Co Copyright Neville Medora. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So you thought of that. I mean, what, what made you aware of that? Just like people weren't finishing your material? I, it was, it's just a curiosity. I was, I'm, I'm very curious. Like one of the missions of copywriting course, like I can't believe I have a mission, but it is to install knowledge in people's brains faster. And so I'm a huge fan of like Ray Kurzweil, these guys doing artificial intelligence and they model all the artificial intelligence neural networks. Um, after the brain, me and Andy Drisher just walked in and we were talking about this yesterday. It's like, how does the brain learn? And when you kind of break it down to its bare elements, it's kind of like, there's different ways to install that knowledge in faster. Like how come this, this computer installed audacity right before this, just like that and ran it fine. Right. How can I do that with multiple people? And so from thinking of that, I was just like, how come colleges install that knowledge so well, but these courses don't, what's the difference? And then I started coming up with uh, all these different things. And it, it, I actually had like a list of six things, but it kind of got boiled down into three. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, so how do you plan on saying differentiate and people knowing that this is just more like you just serve a certain type dish that people are going to like? It's one of those things where people are like, it's, it's a common economic fallacy where they say like, uh, well, now that, that there's YouTube for free, that it, you're not going to be able to charge for this. The fact is like you can actually charge more over time. I think it's going to be more and more likely that the university setting is going to be like deconstructed into different classes. So for example, instead of getting a minor in business and taking four semesters of like dumb classes, you might enroll in my really high priced course or something like that. I think it's going to move more towards and that. Th that'll be like a, what is it? What is like an accredited? Accredited. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like there's going to be all sorts of accreditations, certifications that you're going to start seeing the next, like, I don't know, one to three years, I bet. It's nice, like the lights shining off on you. You look like I look God. like a guru, right? Yeah, it really is like the life coach is coming out. The, uh, one thing that as you started a lot of these things, like what, uh, how did you decide that you weren't going to put everything on NevBlog and you did create a separate brand for that? Yeah, so that was a real, like I've I talked to you about that a lot. It's been a lot. It's funny in retrospect. Like, oh, yeah, it's it makes a lot, a lot of sense. yeah. We, we talked about it. I wrestled with it quite a bit. So NevBlog's like my baby. I don't want to give it up. Like I have a very strong emotional attachment to NevBlog.com. And then uh, fast forward, what happened was um, like copywriting course started taking off, but I was launching all the products off of NevBlog. And there was like, there was more than copywriting course. There was all these different products. And that was my platform outside of AppSumo. And so eventually I was like, what I came to be very happy with, which I'm really happy with the current arrangement. NevBlog is my blog only. It's not yours. It's not Steve's. It's not nobody's, but me. So if you look at some of my uh, posts on there, they're really kind of shitty. Like some of them don't even have capitalization and like everything's wrong. I don't give a fuck because it's for me. It's for Neville. That's Neville's layer. It's my digital surrogate brain is what I call it. Copywriting course, I have to make good stuff because that's a real business. Like that's where I make the money and everything. 
And so now that I have this separation of Nevblog and copywriting course, I'm much happier. And the other thing is Nevblog, I can write anything. I write about like, I put my little death calculator on there. That That's not a copywriting thing. It's just like, I can write all my curiosities over there. It's my personal blog, it's like my little diary. And so I'm very happy with that situation. I'm very glad I came to that conclusion. How has your infrastructure of your business changed? And specifically, I was thinking how you went from AWeber to Infusionsoft and how you went from yourself to like, you have a few people that help you to maybe you don't anymore. Like, how has that changed since you started doing this to where it is now? Like, it just, just piecemeal got better and better and better. Just walking through your changes specifically. It's still fundamentally the same thing. It's running on WordPress on WP Engine uh, with a wishlist member plugin running everything. And I actually invested time on learning um, how to do a lot of that stuff myself. I used to have a tech guy that I paid like 35 bucks an hour to. And the problem with that was I always needed help for everything. Was this your cousin Chirag? No. Okay. No. I wish he'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. And so I couldn't do anything myself. And I was just like, wait a second. He only has to do this stuff every once in a while. Why don't I just watch a YouTube video on how to learn a Weber? And once I learned it, I was kind of like, dude, I could do a lot of this stuff myself. I just have to do it once every six months or something like that. And so still to this day, I do a lot of like the, the tech tasks. And then I have someone help me build calculators and stuff. But other than that, I do a lot of the stuff myself. But also you've changed, like, I think you upgraded things, right? Like you went from AWeber to Infusionsoft. Yeah, you I hired, wanted to like, like have everything on the same thing. So I went to Infusionsoft. Look, in retrospect, I probably could have just stayed on AWeber just fine, actually. And then what about hiring your like accountability coach? I hired several accountability coaches over the years. Um, that's helped a lot, actually. I had a guy who was kind of like a life coach, actually, at one point. Um, and it helped for like six months. And then I kind of like could anticipate what he was going to say. But it really did help me get on track. So I hired uh, someone that we know, and that really, really helped me get on track. Like I had to answer someone that was going to yell at me if I didn't do stuff. And they were Asian, so that helped. It totally helps. <laughs> uh, how uh, Has anything else changed or upgraded in your infrastructure in terms of people helping? I think it's just the prices on all the tech stuff goes up. <laughs> Every six months, WP Engine calls me and says I have to pay more money and stuff like that. Uh, but other than that, I think it's the, the the tools that are out there are so simple. So Henry Fuentes, our friend that runs like Six Pack Shortcuts, he's like a great programmer. And I was like, dude, I'm going to hire an expensive programmer. And he's like, what do you want to do specifically? I was like, well, I just want like a membership site. He's like, there's plugins that do that. He's like, for you to go and rewrite custom code for something that's 95% done out there is like the stupidest shit ever. Don't do it. And he really talked me out of it. He's like, you're an idiot if you do this. Hmm. Get a $99 plugin and hire some $10, hire your guy, Muhammad, you know, that you always talk about, hire him to just modify it, to do whatever you want. That's it. And so I've always taken his advice. And he said this when they were doing a six pack shortcuts, he was just using like a wishlist member plugin up until they were doing $200,000 a month. And he's a programmer. He could have done it himself. He's like, why? It's already done. So there's all this good software stuff that like, I don't think you really need to like know how to code too well or anything. That's a great point. I mean, would you say sumo.com is really helpful? Sumo. Oh, is that where you got? <laughs> I see. I it's, mean, it's if you had to choose your favorite. I always feel, I don't know if ever people ever believe me, but it legitimately one of the most helpful no, tools it, to build your audience. Okay. Right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. check out sumo.com. It's free tools that now we'll use to grow email list. It's really helped them. Sponsored by sumo.com. Hand me the sack of money under the table. Don't <laughs> yeah. put it on the camera. <laughs> You're the boner. Hit the table. Um, <laughs> Okay, a few other things in our lightning round. What what would most people be surprised uh, about your work? What would most people probably I don't do it know? primarily all myself? I feel like the weird Ali Yankovic of copywriting. It's like, it's does all he done do a lot of himself. himself? He does all the production and the writing and everything. Really? Himself. Yeah, that's why he's like so awesome. Yeah. And he's Jewish. He's <laughs> very Jewish. Yes, we yeah, the know. Jew of India. I mean, there's a there's a something going on. Yeah, Zoroastrians are like the Jews of India. Big noses, stingy with money. Yeah, not all Jews are stingy with money, by the way, for all of our Jewish listeners. 
<laughs> so uh, where do you think is a common mistake most people are going to fail in their journey of that they immediately start trying to sell huh, the i didn't even finish right the question i know what you're going to say <laughs> go ahead <laughs> what what where in the journey will most people fail in creating a digital product um, neville would and i want to keep going with the question so neville uh what are you having for dinner that's actually the end of it <laughs> no i think the most they don't they don't build a community first they just want the results of like oh i'm gonna work for a beach and i'll sell this digital product shit and it'll just sell like that they don't put the time in in building a community or becoming part of a big community like you can join a facebook group so, and become famous let's say it. i want to teach people mountain biking like how to do, become a better mountain biker like how are people I asking you how to mountain bike all the time never okay you're already at a disadvantage are you known in are you part of any mountain biking groups i'm a part of the austin ridge riders and okay do they come to you for advice or anything or do you never know, you have any sort of clout with them no maybe you should start making some inroads into the mountain biking community also is anyone else making money teaching mountain biking not yet uh, well that just says like no one's doing it so that's also a data point it would seem to me that at this moment like you're disadvantaged could you do this sure i don't think you're just naturally able to do it what i would also ask you is like a lot of times people ask me stuff like that and then they're like yeah, I'm also like an accountant at PNG or whatever. I'm like, have you ever thought of just selling your accounting services for $100 an hour on the side? Like, if, if you're just going for money, like, wouldn't that be better? That was a great part right there. <laughs> I hope you heard that part. Uh, I think that's a really strong part, right? So, like, build a community and then take advantage of what you already have, like, yeah. what you already specialize or have. Access. Would you be teaching mountain biking for free for the next five years? Would you be no, willing to do that? Then I think you're at a disadvantage. I mean, I, I've been writing for free forever. So, when people say, how do you write copy? It's like, I would still do it. Like even people didn't pay me. So I still do it. It's important to know about yourself. As you, yeah, I think that's really great. I, that's kind of just to add to it. I think one thing people don't realize as they start projects is that we think we're going to flip them or they're going to make money right away or it'll be over right away. But find things that don't ever end, right? Like find your, you found copy, right? Go explore the How top. How long did you not make money from AppSumo? Like when did you make your first like- Six figures? Yeah. Like I, mean, I was like making two, six figures. Years I quit ago, my right? six figure job to start it. Right. Yeah, you didn't make a lot of money for a long time. And now it's like coming back in spades. But like, it's like for a long time, I don't think people really Probably four like, years. Until that's I actually, crazy though. Until four years until I made six figures. Right. That's insane. And for how successful AppSumo and Sumo were, it's like- I, oh, I just always put the money back in the business. It's just insane. Yeah. That's that I, so AppSumo is like a crazy example to even compare to, but like even then- four years before he made six figures that just yeah people expect the six figures like right and i mean and they want to teach guitar and make six figures right away last three things your pricing has changed a lot tell me the story of your pricing for your course it was like 37 and 67 and then 50 i'm always uncomfortable so like i'm just flat out like not confident in in my pricing all the time and it started out like 67 just like pulling a number out of the ass or 37 pulling a number out of the ass and then 67, because I saw everyone else doing it. Then 97, I was like, can I get away with this? Then when I broke the $100 barrier, I was like, oh my God, people are paying. And then it just kept going up as demand increased. It was just that simple. Everyone tells me still to this day, like you should charge a thousand plus and I'm sure I can get people to do it. It still feels scummy to me in some way, unless I'm offering a lot of stuff. And I know I'm leaving money on the table. I know I'm not going to get gigantic if I don't start charging huge prices, but I can't do it sometimes. Yeah. What has been in the past, let's say six months to your, what's been the hardest decision you've had to make? I changed my business manager um, that I've been working with for a long time. And we kind of like decided to part ways. I didn't really want to, but she was like, I think like I've helped you to the max. And so we did. How are you dealing with that since then? It worked out really well, actually. It, it worked out. So, so in the beginning, I needed someone to really give me a lot of structure, make a lot of spreadsheets, keep track of all that stuff. Like a lot of like 
I'm looking at Steve Chu, like Asian tasks. <laughs> and so it, it's just like stuff like that. And it was kind of like, um, it, it was kind of funny. Sorry. So uh, anyways, she helped me a lot with that. But then she was like, like how much of the stuff we need? And so she made me like, even with every webinar, we do a dry run. And then we do like, we have a call before to like, check it out. Now I have someone who's just kind of like, yeah, do it, whatever. And just report back to me in a week. And then you find that more helpful now. Do you feel like the training wheels are off? So you already got the habit. This is a great way to put it. Yes. So one tip that you gave me is if you're ever doing analogies, use a physical item. That was your tip, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. So analogies, it's always like training wheels or something physical that someone can really. And I stole to. it from Jason McGarva and he Dude. stole it from somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> Last thing. Uh, how do you think about your, what's your goal for the year? If you want to share. And then how do you think about your goal? I'm selling a thousand of the copywriting courses and then doing six classes. And I don't know what they'll do. And then also I'll continue my consults and that's the goal. Okay. Yeah. When you kill yourself at 85, how, yes. are, we, how are you going out? Let's uh, end with that. Jump. So the current thing is I'm going to skydive into an active volcano. I can take a ton of drugs so I'm not scared on the way down. Okay. And then jump out of an airplane without a parachute into an active volcano. What would you be disappointed if that you wouldn't get to have happen if you died sooner? Uh, oh, that's a good question. I think I would, I would definitely like kids. <laughs> oh, kids. I think I would like kids at some point. I mean, I can, I can go for a long time without kids, but I think like after 50, I'd be pretty like, okay, yeah, I've been there, done that. Like, yeah, I think kids. So kids, cool. And then what are we going to name the kids? Not our kids, your kids. I would let the girl do it. But if you had to choose names, like for a boy or girl. I have no idea. Just let's, you're a copywriter. Let's think of some names. I don't I'm, I'm, I'm like looking at chess. I'm like Bishop or something like looking at chess pieces. Pond? That's Tucker Max's like name. Yeah, Pawn. I, I don't know. I never thought about it. I, I just, it's not even a thing I think about or care about. Holy moly, that was a super fun series with Neville. If you want to learn more about him, check him out at copywritingcourse.com with two Ks. If you really like this episode, what I want you to do right now is just text a friend. Hey, I love you, dog. Number two, if you haven't left a review, it takes like three seconds. Can one of you guys go do that? Just go on iTunes and say, yo, this is a pretty cool episode. I like this Noah Kagan guy. Number three, I'd love to learn more how to make these episodes more better, more fun, more more for you. Tweet me at Noah Kagan, N-O-A-H-K-A-G-A-N, and let me know what's up. And four, have a special day. Are you a PC or Mac person? Uh-huh.